happy Friday, everybody. It is Friday, January 6th, 2023. This is the Second Half Podcast. I'm Tom Powell, and as always, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another week and margaritas are in order. In fact, if you're listening to this, that means you made it through another year. If this is our first episode in 2023, uh, so it, it means you made it through the shit show that was 2022. Welcome to the shit show that will be 2023. Listen, there's no fighting it, right? You know it's going to be a shit show to some degree. So don't fight it. Embrace the shit show. Take it, take it on head first. And just make 2023 your bitch. Just will it into submission. Well, motherfucker, you're going to fucking learn today. Anyway, welcome back. I know I haven't done a podcast episode in a couple of weeks. I like to take the holidays off. So uh, I haven't done one since before Christmas. Uh, but we are going to uh, start cranking them back up now. This is going to be uh, an unscripted podcast. I took no notes. Uh, for this uh, podcast like I normally do. Uh, So it's going to be slightly different in that it's going to be a little bit off the cuff. And I don't know how long it's going to ultimately end up being because I have no notes. So I'm just going to ramble for a bit. Uh, First things first, let's take care of the housekeeping that we normally take care of for the people that are finding this podcast for the very first time. If you're new to this podcast, if you're listening for the first time and you don't have any fucking clue who I am or what we do here, Uh, A couple of things that you need to know about this podcast. First, you need to know that this is an amateur podcast. This is not something I get paid to do. I do it for fun. I do it to fill the time. I do it to tell you guys where I stand on certain things and to be able to say things that I can't say on the various social media outlets lest I be banned. I can't be banned here. I can say whatever the fuck I want here. I can tell you to go fuck yourself if I want to tell you to go fuck yourself here. And nobody's going to take the fucking episode down. It's my podcast. Uh, So if you hear some background noise, uh, because this is an amateur podcast, because I do the podcast out of my home, then, you know, just kind of roll with it. Don't don't be like, oh, my God, I heard I heard your dogs barking. I heard uh, I heard uh, your vacuum hitting your door on, on your office. Yeah, you're going to. My vacuum's running right now. My my son's home. I'm expecting deliveries. Anything could happen. I don't want to hear shit about how you know you heard some background noise. It doesn't fucking matter. It's not meant to be a finished, polished product. It's meant to be like two people sitting on the deck shooting a shit about whatever the topics of the day happen to be. The second thing that you should probably know if you're finding me for the very first time is my website address. Because if you're finding me for the first time, chances are you don't know about my website, which is oldhippymedia.com old hippie h-i-p-p-i-e media.com there you're going to find my blog you're going to find links on where you can follow me on those various social media sites facebook twitter instagram clapper youtube all of them uh you're going to find a a link to my store i have an e-commerce store i sell t-shirts and hoodies and face masks and phone cases and buttons and magnets and coasters and wine tumblers and christmas ornaments and you fucking name it i got it on there 
You're also going to find a link on where you can book me to do a video shout out on Cameo. You want to send somebody a video message telling them happy birthday, uh, congratulations on the new house, congratulations on the promotion, or you know, just tell them, hey, your football team sucks. I figured they weren't going to make the playoffs. Go pound sand. Anything. I can do that for you over on Cameo. You're also going to find a link on that website where you can buy my first two books. I have two self-published books available in paperback and ebook formats at uh, oldhippymedia.com. And last but definitely not least, you're going to find out uh, a link where you can not find out, uh, find a link, I should say, as to where you can uh, subscribe to my other podcast. Uh, I do this podcast every Friday and it's free and we primarily talk politics here. I also do uh, a podcast called Taco Tuesdays with Tom over on Patreon, where I talk about non-political news stories and uh, give you different uh, stories from my own personal past to end each episode. Um, thinking about tinkering with the format of that particular podcast for the new year, but those podcasts will begin a new uh, next week, and the cost for those podcasts is $4.20 a month, and I do one every other week when it's not the holidays and everything gets fucked up because of schedule. So once again, that's oldhippymedia.com. If you good, uh, could, uh, swing by that website and give it a look before the end of the day today. Now, this is where I would normally, because we're in the middle of the football season, I would give you my football picks. Uh, we got one week left to go before we get into the, the playoffs. I haven't picked for the last two weeks. I'm not going to pick this week. We'll begin football picks again uh, for the playoffs when they begin. So next week we'll do, uh, we'll do playoff predictions. Uh, but because this is the segment where I would normally be talking football notes, I would like to touch on uh, the – elephant in the room, so to speak, when it comes to the NFL, and that would be the heart attack that uh, the Bills player suffered. So if you're not familiar with the story already, um, the Bills were playing the Bengals last weekend, and one of their defensive stars made a routine tackle, uh, bounced right up after the routine tackle, and then immediately collapsed. Um. He had a heart attack on the field. He had a rare condition, which, based on all of the reading I've done, is more prevalent in children than it is in adults. And it was just something that was missed by the cardiac screening that the NFL does. Now, the reason why I wanted to touch on the subject is because of a couple different reasons. One, as much as I love football, it's more important that the players that play the game are healthy and actually make it home at the end of the day so that they can live their life, spend time with their family and not have to worry about uh, some debilitating injury uh, that suffered, that they suffered while on the field. Uh, so we need to remember that the football comes second when it comes to incidents like this. A lot of people were complaining that they, postpone the remainder of the game. It was the right thing to do. I mean, these players spend so much time together in practice, on the road, on the field, that they're like family to one another. In many cases, these players spend more time with their 
their uh, their teammates than they do with their own family. So it was a devastating mental blow for the rest of the players that you just can't expect them to just go back to playing football. So postponing the game was the right thing to do. That's the first thing that everybody needs to remember. Uh, the second thing is uh, even the best cardiac screening that you can possibly go through can miss things. The NFL has some of the best cardiac screening protocols anywhere, and this was missed. So it's just a reminder that anybody can miss anything. And the last thing I will say as it pertains to this is how it ties in to the conspiracy nuts of the world, okay? One of the things that has been bantied about since the gentleman went down with a heart attack was that this was because of the COVID vaccine. Look, he got the COVID vaccine, and now he's had a heart attack. He's a finely tuned athlete. What else could have caused this? And that kind of mentality, with all due respect, if you're one of the people out there uh, that think that this was a result of him taking the COVID vaccine, with all due respect, you're a fucking idiot. You're dumber than a bag of fucking hammers. And in all honesty, we should publicly castrate you so that you can no longer contaminate the human gene pool with whatever the fuck it is that's flowing through your veins. I want all you conspiracy theorists who actually believe that this was because of the vaccine to stop and think about something for one fucking minute. Every fucking player in the NFL, damn near, has been vaccinated. A vast majority of them have been vaccinated. If they were having heart attacks because of the vaccine, we would have dead NFL players all over the fucking place. So to any of the conspiracy theorists who might be listening to this, could you do yourself and the world a favor and exercise a fucking ounce of critical thinking once in your miserable fucking life? Stop using other people's conditions to push your bullshit agenda, you ignorant fucksticks. And if I could paraphrase Forrest Gump, Forrest Gump, that's all I've got to say about that. So, Tom, what are you going to talk about with no notes? Well, i got a couple of things on my mind. And it all kind of pertains to how uh, our country is going to be moving forward. Now that we've entered the new year, uh, I want to talk about what we can probably expect moving forward. And a lot of it doesn't look good. We have a problem in this country. And unfortunately, it's called the Republican Party. Now, don't get me wrong. The Democratic Party has its own fucking problems, and I got my own issues with them, too. But let's just think about what the Republican Party is doing to this country and what we can expect them to continue to do moving forward. What do we see out of the Republican Party right now? Well, we see people like George Santos getting uh, elected to office. 
God only knows if that's his real fucking name. The guy didn't even answer to his name during roll call of the speaker vote, which we're going to get to here momentarily. He's been accused of fraud. He's lied about his heritage. He's lied about his military service. He's lied about what college he went to. Everything about this man is a fraud. Yet the Republicans have absolutely no problem voting for this man because they need control of at least one of the chambers. Is this guy going to resign? No. Are the Republicans going to push him to resign? No. Why? They barely have a majority in the House as it is. So you have the Republicans voting for and electing a man to the House of Representatives whose entire resume is a lie. A proven lie. And on top of that, we have the big lie continuing to be pushed now on multiple fronts. We are fully two years past the 2020 presidential election, and Trump is still pushing the big lie. I'm going to tell you guys, I'm going to read you guys something real quick. Let me grab my phone here and pull this up. Uh, This was from uh, early, early, early this morning. We're talking 1.30 a.m., our time. Donald Trump was on his uh, propaganda social media network, Truth Social, and he posted the following. I actually think that a big Republican victory, I actually think that a big Republican victory today, after going through numerous roll calls that failed to produce a Speaker of the House, has made the position and process of getting to Speaker, uh, getting to be Speaker, bigger and more important than if it were done in the more traditional way, much like me again becoming president after having won big in 2016, gotten many millions more votes in 2020, but supposedly not winning, parentheses, big lie, exclamation point, and then winning again in 2024. It will be bigger than the traditional way. So we got this piece of shit cocksucker running around continuously telling people that he won an election that he provably lost. And now we have one of his disciples, Carrie Lake, down in Arizona, who lost her bid to be governor, going on news outlets, calling herself the duly elected governor of Arizona. Keep in mind, her Democratic opponent, Katie Hobbs, has already been sworn into that position. And then, of course, we have the fiasco that has been the Speaker of the House voting. Now, I'm recording this, just so that you're aware, at 9.26 a.m. Central Time on Thursday, the 5th. They're getting ready to hold the third day of speaker votes in a couple of hours. So by the time you hear this on Friday the 6th, we may already have a speaker, but as of right now, we don't, just so that everybody knows what the time frame is uh, that I'm speaking from when I uh, record this podcast. So when we look at all of this shit in total, when we look at the George Santoses of the world, when we look at the Donald Trumps of the world, when we look at the Kerry Lakes of the world, when we look at how they're going about trying to pick a Speaker of the House, we can't come to any other conclusion other than the GOP is a dysfunctional shit show that does not know how to govern. 
And that is nothing but bad news for the American people moving forward. When it comes to George Santos, the Republican Party has shown that it is willing to take fucking anyone, and I mean anyone, so long as it gets them a seat. And that's not good. If they're going to throw all uh, decency, morality, and uh, truthfulness out the window in order to get the W, then they don't give a shit about you or me. They don't give a shit about legislating for the American people. They don't give a shit about doing what's right for any of us. They only give a shit about retaining power. And the fact that the Republican Party has not yet asked George Santos to step down, to resign, to remove himself from this situation is... A, a, a glaring indictment of the Republican Party as a whole. They are accepting of a man who is a complete and total fraud, a man that goes by multiple names, a man that's being investigated for fraud in other countries, a man that said he was Jewish. And then when it turned out he wasn't actually Jewish, his response was, well, I didn't say I was Jewish. I said I was Jew." Ish. Are you fucking kidding me? Are you fucking kidding me? Every single thing this man said to his constituents in order to get elected was a fucking lie. And I got to be honest with you, as pissed off as I am with the Republicans, I'm just as pissed off with the Democrats for not digging up the oppo on this motherfucker. How the fuck do you let a complete and utter fraud continue to perpetrate lies and fraud upon the constituents that he's asking to get uh, elected by and not call him on his shit? Were we running out of oppo money? All of these lies should have been exposed a long fucking time ago. A long fucking time ago. But the Republican Party, now that they know it, they got no problem with it. Yeah, fuck it. Stay in your position. No big deal. Uh, no sweat off our ass. And I don't know why I'm surprised by that, considering the fact that the Republican Party is still standing by people like Trump and Lake with their lies. I mean, think about that fucking post for just one minute that I that I read you just a little bit ago, Right. One big in 2016, got many millions more votes in 2020, but supposedly not winning, parentheses, big lie. <clears throat> what is it going to take for you fucking Trumpers to realize that this man is mentally fucking deranged? 63 federal court cases, not a fucking shred of evidence produced. A made-for-TV documentary by the Pillow Guy. Another documentary made by convicted felon Dinesh D'Souza. Not a shred of proof in either one. Federal judges that he appointed rejecting his cases left and right. Dominion, the voting machine company, suing everybody for billions of dollars. And what's the end result? 
Trump's own lawyers had to go into court and testify that they didn't actually have any evidence to support the big lie. And they don't actually believe that the election was stolen because they were on the hook now. They were going to lose their licenses. They were going to be uh, uh, sued into the ground, financially speaking. What is it going to take for you ignorant fucking cultists to realize that this guy has fucking played you? He is this country's greatest con man, and you guys are the biggest collection of fucking marks in American history. And I'm not talking to the people that voted for him in 2016 and then maybe saw the light and didn't vote for him in 2020, or even people that voted for him in 2016 and 2020, but now realize this guy is full of shit and that he's hurting the country. I'm not talking to those people. I still don't understand how anybody voted for him, if I'm being completely honest with you. The motherfucker showed us who he was in front of every camera he could possibly show us for 60 fucking years. He bankrupted casinos. He didn't pay contractors. He fucked around on every wife he ever had. He lied in front of every fucking TV camera he could ever lie in front of. And then when it came time to run for office, a group of people went, yeah, I think that's a fucking smart choice. So I still don't understand how anybody voted for the guy, period. But how anybody could still support this man is fucking beyond me. It's 2023, guys. It's a new year. Time to let this shit go. Time to leave the trash where it fucking belongs, in the back alley. And as far as Carrie Lake is concerned, running around Arizona calling herself the duly elected governor, bitch, you ain't. Nor will you ever be. You got on the Trump train and then in the state of Arizona said to your constituents, if you're a McCain Republican, I don't want you voting for me. And then you wonder how the fuck you lost Arizona. You're as dumb as a fucking tree stump. But we're never going to hear the end of it out of either one of these two fucks. Trump, Kerry Lake, all the other election deniers, we're never going to hear the end of it. It's not until these ignorant fucks take their last breath that this will stop. And all of that leads us up to the shit show we are seeing right now with the multiple votes to try and get a Speaker of the House. And that is the worst omen yet. What you're seeing in the House of Representatives right now is the worst omen yet. Listen, Trump's going to run his fucking mouth and Lake is going to run her fucking mouth. And and the longer they run their fucking mouths, the more people are going to look at them like the crazy motherfucker standing on the side of the road wearing the cardboard sign that said the, the world is ending soon, right? If Trump didn't have fucking money, he'd be the crazy guy in the subway just yelling into the ethos. But what we really need to be concerned about is what's going on in the House of Representatives right now. So the big red wave, the big tsunami never materialized. 
And what wound up happening was the Republicans failed to take the Senate and barely took the House. You need 218 votes to get a majority in the House. They have 222 seats. They can't afford to lose more than five votes on anything. And you're seeing just how critical that margin is with this speaker vote. We've had, fuck, how many votes now? Has it been eight so far as of this morning? Once again, this is, uh, it is now 9.36 a.m. on the morning of Thursday the 5th. I think we've had six votes, seven votes, eight votes so far. In every vote, McCarthy, Kevin McCarthy, who was the minority leader in the House, has failed to reach 218. The Democratic nominee, Hakeem Jeffries, the new leader of the Democratic Caucus in the House of Representatives, has gotten 212 votes in each of those uh, elections, each of those uh, vote tallies. He's gotten more votes than the majority's supposed leader. So why is this happening? Well, McCarthy, even though he's a Trumper, is not totally Trumper, right? He's still an old school Republican. He just bought into Trumpism as a matter of convenience. The hardcore right-wing Trumpers, the Matt Gates of the world, the Lauren Boberts of the world, are fighting his speakership. And so they keep nominating somebody other than Kevin McCarthy, who are, uh, happens to be pulling just enough votes away from McCarthy to deny him the speakership in vote after vote after vote after vote. Now, some people will uh, look at Marjorie Taylor Greene and say, well, she's about as Trumpist as they come, and she's on Kevin McCarthy's side. Yeah, yeah, so's Trump. Trump has endorsed Kevin McCarthy to be speaker. As a matter of fact, last night, Wednesday night, Trump put out the following. Very good things are happening behind the scenes for the Republican Party. Intense but smart negotiations between great and patriotic people are ongoing. They all love our country and want something to go forward ASAP. This event will end up making the Republican Party stronger and more united than ever before. Our nation is at stake. Stay tuned. Make America great. And before that, he uh, tweeted out the following, or posted the following. I have always supported Byron Donalds, one of the people that's being nominated against Kevin McCarthy, have consistently endorsed him for Congress, and in fact feel that I was a primary reason he entered politics in the first place. He is a young man with a great future. With that being said, the story and statement that was just put out that I endorsed Byron for Speaker of the House is fake and fraudulent. He will have his day, and it will be a big one, but not now. Trump has endorsed Kevin McCarthy, and Trump's endorsement of Kevin McCarthy has not managed to garner him the votes it takes. And now, because Marjorie Taylor Greene has sidled up to Kevin McCarthy, but the Lauren Boberts and Matt Gaetzes of the world have not, we have the Trumpist wing of the party fighting with each other in addition to fighting with the more moderate Republicans. And it has resulted in something we haven't seen in literally a hundred years. 
and that is a failure to elect the Speaker of the House right out of the gate. It's an absolute shit show, ladies and gentlemen. And what this is indicative of is a dysfunctional Republican Party. And what this is predictive of is a Republican Party who will not be able to legislate in the new Congress. First things first, none of the new members of Congress can be sworn in, let alone seated, if they don't elect a Speaker of the House. The Constitution states that that's how things happen. Until a speaker is chosen, they can't be seated. So what does that mean? That means that technically, right now, we don't have a House of Representatives. If this country were to face a crisis right now, if our, if our Congress needed to vote on a declaration of war right now, we couldn't do that. That's how fucking bad things are right now in one chamber. The Senate that's run by Democrats, they got their shit together. (sighs) Guys, this is not going to be good. I need to take a quick break and I will be right back. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda, you never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. All right. Sorry about that short break. I don't know if it's going to sound like it's just a quick click over to you guys or not, but I had to take a quick break and I am going to try to uh, uh, upload uh, an advertisement in between that first segment and this segment here. We'll see if I can figure that out in 2023. If not, fuck it. Anyway, moving on from what I was saying at the end of the first segment there, uh, this is not good. Now, what does this have to do with how they legislate? Some people might be listening to this going, well, wait a minute, Tom. Just because they can't agree on who the speaker should be doesn't mean they're not going to be able to legislate. And you're right. They still can legislate. They have the majority in the House. But will they be able to legislate? Remember, you can't afford to lose five votes, right? takes 218 to get anything passed. They have 222 seats. They can afford to lose four votes on any measure, but the minute they lose five, the measure is dead. It will not pass unless it gets Democratic support. So think about this. What comes out of the House of Representatives? All government funding, right? That's who controls the purse strings, the House. The Senate doesn't, the House does. So anything that you want to fund through the government has to come from the House of Representatives. Excuse me. Now, you go, you're Kevin McCarthy. Let's say I think he's going to win the speakership eventually. I think he's going to give up enough concessions that eventually he's going to win this speakership. I might be mistaken on this. Let's just touch on that real quick before we move into the legislative process. So I think he's going to win the speakership by giving up uh, committee assignments, uh, committee chairs, 
and he's going to, uh, if he hasn't already, coughed up the idea that the far right wants added in, which is a rule that states that at any point in time, any individual member of the House of Representatives can call for a vote to remove any Speaker of the House. They want that put in for the future Nancy Pelosi's of the world. McCarthy doesn't want to give them that. It looks like he's probably going to cough up that one as well. So he's going to give up the farm in order to get the speakership. If that happens, then the far right wing that has been fighting him on this speakership knows they have leverage over him. If that doesn't happen, if he still can't get the speakership, if he can't give enough concessions, then what I see happening is eventually him pulling his name from contention and somebody being put up there that might be able to garner enough Democratic votes to end this madness. Excuse me. For those of you in your office, home, or car that just said, bless you, Tom, thank you. If Kevin McCarthy were to withdraw his name and the moderate wing of the Republican Party was looking to put somebody up there that could help bring over 20 uh, Democratic votes to end this and finally be able to seat uh, a House of Representatives, I see the name Steve Scalise sticking out at me. It's just a hunch. I just, I don't particularly care for Steve Scalise. It's just a hunch that he's somebody that I could see the moderate wing of the Republican Party going to the Democratic Party and saying, hey, listen, we got to end this. We got to get a speaker. We got to seat this House of Representatives. We got to get to work on the business of the House. How many of you guys would be willing to vote for a Steve Scalise? And I think that there would be enough Democrats that would go, you know what, just to end this, we'd be willing to do that. They're not coughing up any votes. For, for McCarthy. That's not happening. So we'll, we'll see if McCarthy winds up sticking it out and giving up concessions or pulling his name. If he pulls his name, watch for Steve Scalise. If he sticks it out and he gives up the concessions and can manage to get the speakership, and, and we finally get to work on uh, legislating in the House of Representatives, what you're going to see is a complete and utter inability to get anything Past, and I mean anything past. If the moderate Speaker of the House and the moderate wing of the of the Republican Party in the House put forward a budget, and ten of the Trump crazy loons don't like it, it doesn't pass unless Democrats support it. And that is that's the problem that they're going to have. If they had their red wave, if they had. Uh, a 30, 35, 40, 45 seat advantage, like it was predicted, then McCarthy wouldn't have had to worry about the loons. He would have been able to lose 20, 25, 30, 100 votes. Maybe not 100. But he wouldn't have had to worry about what we're seeing now. As it stands... Given the fact that anybody who winds up being Speaker of the House for the Republican Party can't stand to lose five votes on any issue, whoever winds up in that role is going to play hell, cobbling together a caucus to get anything done. 
I want you to hold on to this podcast episode for the next two years. Bookmark it, tag it, stick it away, record it on your phone, do something, and bring it back in 2024. Because here's my prediction. This Congress, this House of Representatives, is going to be, A, one of the least productive Houses of Representatives in American history, and B, anything that does come out of there is most likely going to be because Democrats supported it. Because that's the only way the moderate Republicans are going to get anything passed. They're going to have to work with Democrats in the House. They're not going to be able to go it alone. The Republican Party is not going to be able to go it alone in the House of Representatives at all for the next two years. So how do you legislate like that? I mean, it's good that it's going to force the moderate Republicans back into bipartisan negotiations with the minority Democrats in the House of Representatives and hopefully be able to, in the process, neuter the far right wing of the Republican Party. Listen, they're going to have their investigations. The various committees uh, are going to investigate Hunter Biden and Joe Biden and Barack Obama and the FBI and Anthony Fauci and James Comey and uh, Hillary Clinton and everybody else that's on their investigative wish list. Excuse me. (coughs) But they're not going to be able to legislate. What the moderate wing of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives want and what the far right wing Trumpist wing of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives want are two different things. And they're just not going to see eye to eye on most of those things. Will they see eye to eye on some things? Yes. I'm not saying nothing is going to get passed without Democratic support. Something will be. But legislating is going to be a bitch for these people. An absolute bitch. Because they don't have their shit together. And here's the other problem. They don't know how to legislate. All right? We're talking about, with all due respects, some of the dumbest fucking people ever elected. I mean, Matt Gates and Lauren Boebert have been in Congress for a few years now. Yet, on the first day of this new Congress, they both came walking in together like their shit don't stink. You should see the video. Lauren Boebert's got her fucking used to be a call girl, but now I got big girl panties on walk. Like she knows what's what. Matt Gates got that stupid fucking grin on his face and they're strutting through the halls of Congress like they know what's going to happen and the motherfuckers got lost. Dude, you guys have been working in the building for two fucking years and you got lost on day one of the new Congress? How fucking stupid are you? You got a sitting member of the Republican Party standing up talking about how she believes the Republicans or the, I'm sorry, the Democrats are drinking alcohol on their side of the aisle. What are you, a fucking idiot? So I wouldn't expect much to get done. I wouldn't expect big big legislative victories to come out of this particular House of Representatives. What's going to be the most interesting thing to watch, in my opinion? Listen, they're not going to fund any kind of program that the Democrats want, okay? It's not going to happen. 
uh, and they're not going to alter the tax code in a way that the Democrats are going to like. So don't expect any of that shit. Don't expect any universal health care or any of that shit coming your way. Uh, don't expect continued uh, um, financial programs like the earned uh, the, the child earned tax credit where you get your money throughout the course of the year. That's not going to happen under this this Congress, not in a million years. Oh, excuse me. My nose is just stuffy as fuck. Holy shit. Oh. <clears throat> Sorry. The Republicans will agree on some things. They'll get some things passed. They're not going to, like I said, they're not going to give you any financial programs that are going to uh, benefit the American people as a whole or that the Democratic Party is going to particularly get behind. They're going to push to defund this. They're going to push to investigate that. You're going to hear a lot of talk about Hunter Biden's laptop, and they're probably going to have committees that are going to subpoena everybody known to man. I wouldn't be shocked if you saw a committee actually subpoena the sitting president, uh, Joe Biden, to come in and testify about his son's laptop or some fucking bullshit like that. That's going to be about the extent of what they're going to get done. I, I would anticipate a government shutdown or two in our future because they're not going to be able to agree on a budget. They're not going to be able to agree on funding the government. None of this looks good for the next two years. None of it. Nothing's going to get done for the next two years with the exception of justices being seated, because that happens in the Senate. Now, a lot of people have sent me messages saying, what about Hakeem Jeffries? Hakeem Jeffries is the new leader of the Democratic Party in the House. He's taken over for Nancy Pelosi since she stepped aside. He's the new Nancy Pelosi, right? So if the Democrats were to take the majority in the House again in 2024, it is almost a certainty that Hakeem Jeffries would unite unanimously be voted into the speakership by the sitting Democrats, okay? He's rocking 212 votes in these uh, uh, in these elections for the speaker. You need 218. So everybody keeps saying, can we peel six Republicans off? No, you're not going to peel six Republicans off. First of all, if you could get six Republicans to vote for Hakeem Jeffries, yes, Hakeem Jeffries would be the Speaker of the House from the minority party in the House of Representatives. And what would that mean? That would mean that Hakeem Jeffries determines what comes to the floor of the House for a vote. It would also mean that uh, the Republicans wouldn't just get to control all the various committees outright. If you have a Democrat as the Speaker of the House, then the Democrats have a lot more say than you think. And a lot more of those committee positions get decided by the minority party if there's a minority speaker. And that's why you're not going to see six Republicans peel off and support Hakeem Jeffries. I at least I would be shocked if that were to happen. The Republicans finally get control of the House and they're going to give control of the House back to the minority Democratic Party because they can't get behind a speaker. I don't see that happening. 
I mean, maybe it does. Hey, let me tell you something. Wouldn't that be a fucking bitch? But I don't think it's going to happen. I think ultimately Kevin McCarthy is going to get this thing. But we aren't going to see any good legislation for a hot minute. We are not going to see any worthwhile legislation for a minute. Uh, Going back to what I was saying earlier, what's going to be interesting to see is since they do control the pocketbook, and since they now are the ones that have to make decisions like this, what's going to be interesting to see is whether or not we continue to support our ally, Ukraine, in their war against Russia. Because you see, it's real easy to talk about how we shouldn't be supporting this this country while they're being attacked by Russia. It's real easy to talk about it when you're not the ones that have to make the decisions about whether or not to support them. But now that you are the ones that have to make those decisions, let's see what actually happens. Because you got to remember, the far right-wing segment of the House of Representatives the ones that truly want to end support for Ukraine, they're a minority of the Republican Party in the House of Representatives. If you can get two-thirds, half of the Republican Party, the moderate Republican Party in the House of Representatives, to say, yeah, you know what? We still got to support these fuckers or Russia's going to overrun them. And next thing you know, Russia's going to be in Poland, and then we're going to be fighting a ground war in Russia, in, in Europe. If you could get half of the moderate Republicans to say that, then the Democrats could, could deliver them enough votes to continue to fund supporting the Ukraine war. So that's going to be an interesting thing to keep keep your eye on. Uh, funding the government, funding the, the military, funding our defense, funding our education, <clears throat> Social Security, which I know it's... On an, uh, it's supposed to be on an island separate from the budget, but hasn't really been since Reagan, has it? None of that's going to get passed without Democratic support. And we're going to run into stalemate after stalemate after stalemate because the far right wing isn't going to want to uh, uh, fund all of the things that the government normally funds. Folks, the next two years are going to be a shit show. But I don't want to leave you with just bad thoughts. I want to give you a glimmer of hope. Because if you've been putting two and two together through the entirety of this podcast and me ranting, one thing that you're going to learn is that Nothing is going to get passed without Democratic support, most likely. What does that tell you? Well, that tells you that over the course of the next two years, while nothing major is going to happen, while we're not going to get universal health care, while we're not going to get uh, affordable college educations, while we're not going to get uh, 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 child tax credits extended, what we are going to get is the ability to stop the far-right crazy agenda. Because the far-right crazies in and of themselves won't have enough votes to get any far-right crazy agenda bullshit pushed through. And the Democrats will not give them any of their assistance. So yeah, 
the Republicans are going to be able to investigate whoever they want to investigate and let them. Let them spin their fucking wheels investigating everybody under the sun. When it comes to actual bills being passed, actual legislation being passed, I don't want you to worry that we're going to see an absolute uproar of nuttiness coming out of uh, the Congress in the form of legislation. Remember, the far-right crazies don't have the votes in the House of Representatives to pass their far-right agenda. Then they don't have the Senate to get it passed through the Senate, and then they don't have the White House to get it signed into law. So while very little is going to get done over the course of the next two years, at least none of the batshit crazy stuff will get done over the next two years. And then we do this dance all over again in 2024. We pick a new president, we pick a new Congress, and we try this shit all over again. And if at the end of two years, as we head into the 2024 elections, the Republicans can't show jack shit that they did for the American people. We've had a couple of shutdowns. We've had nothing but infighting and arguing. We can't get anything passed then it's going to open the door for the Democrats to step back in and take control of the House again. So I guess, watch this space. Now, let's talk about the future of this show, my content, and our interaction with one another. I would like to start having a guest segment on this show in 2023. I would like to do my normal one-hour show, talk about my normal politics, and then after that, have a guest segment where I interview a different guest. I need you guys to flood my website, oldhippymedia.com. Go to the last page. That's the page where you can submit a question. You can click on my email address and just send me an email. Uh, or at the bottom, I've got financial support. Don't worry about that part, though. Send me an email, send me a message, and tell me who you would like me to reach out to about interviewing them. And I'm not just talking about people on TikTok. If it's an elected official, we can try. I can't guarantee you that I can get an interview with an elected official, but if there's somebody that's in an elected office that you'd like for me to at least reach out and try to do a Zoom interview with, send me some messages. Uh, let me know who you'd like to see me interview on this podcast in 2023. What I would like to do is I would like to start uh, start a sprinkling in interview, not every week, but sprinkling in here and there interview segments at the end of my normal podcast. I'm going to do that on Zoom where you're going to hear the audio version of it here. And then I would be able to upload the video version of that to my YouTube channel for you to be able to see the interaction. And then we'll see how that goes. And if we don't want to integrate somebody into the actual uh, main body of the podcast where I talk about the various news stories as a, uh, a way of bouncing my ideas of these political stories off of somebody else. So send me some ideas if you wouldn't mind. Secondly, if you're a subscriber to the Patreon subscription service, send me some ideas on what you'd like to see new over there in 2023. Uh, I will have you know that I've started a Mastodon account, but I haven't done much with it. I'm still on Twitter. I know Elon Musk is a is an absolute batshit crazy man, but I'm going to hang on to that one until until it falls apart. Uh, I'm going to try to do more 
photographs from our, our vacations and our family stuff over on Instagram in the new year. And I, I just don't know that Clapper is going to be a thing for me moving forward. Where I'm going to try and concentrate my effort on social media for everybody would be obviously TikTok, uh, Instagram, Twitter, and YouTube. I'm going to try and get more video uh, uh, footage for YouTube. Here's my problem. I'm from the Gen X culture. And so when I'm out doing shit and I see something interesting happening, my first instinct isn't to whip out my phone and record it. My first instinct is to watch it and experience it. And so a lot of shit then happens in your life that you don't record. I'm going to make a conscious effort to do more recording in life outside of the office and and do that recording for the purposes of YouTube content. My TikTok content is still going to be primarily me in the office talking about political stories and then obviously some videos here and there when we're on vacation. We're going on a cruise here in a month and a half. We're going to go on a vacation with the family in some way, shape, or form over the summer. Although I have no fucking clue how I'm going to do that one. I was like, hey, everybody, we're going to go back to Holiday World. And if there's somebody from Holiday World and Lake Rudolph is listening to this, then uh, hello, we're going to come back, hopefully, in the summer of 23 to Holiday World. And we want to stay at Lake Rudolph, but I was like, all right, sweet. So I'm going to rent a cabin for, for the wife and I, and then I'll get a couple of those King RVs that they have for the kids and, and grandkids. Well, they took out all the fucking King RVs. So now all they have are fucking cabins, which is great and nice and wonderful. But when you add up three cabins of the smallest variety for us to stay in, it's coming up to like 900 a night. Well, 900 a night, plus admission for everybody into the park for two days, plus food. Well, all of a sudden, I could go on a fucking cruise for that. So now I've emailed my my uh, my travel agent, and I've asked her to find something for the last week of July <laughs> that's a cruise that departs out of somewhere that my the rest of my family can drive through, drive to Florida, New Orleans. Right? Can it's a long drive, but it's a, it's a doable drive. You know what I mean? L.A. No. We're not departing out of Corpus Christi, Texas. I mean, I guess it would only be a little bit longer than than uh, uh, driving to New Orleans. But so I've asked her all the ports in Florida and, and the port in New Orleans find me something that I can take the entire family on. Maybe just a couple of days around the Bahamas, even if it's just a three day, four day Bahama cruise. Find me something that I can take the family on. Because nine hundred a night at the fucking campground is just nuts. God damn, I, my wife understood, and I understand why they did away with the, the, the King RVs. Those things are not meant to have that many people in and out of them all the time. But God damn it, that was a nice option. And one that would have been, you know, very doable and affordable. But Jesus, fuck. Jesus, fuck. So I, I, now I'm just ranting. I'm giving you my first world problems. that I can't afford to book this vacation, but I might be able to afford to book that vacation. Anyway, I'm gonna I'm gonna the point being to this is I'm gonna try and amp up <clears throat> the content on YouTube and Instagram 
a lot more. So if you guys could flood to those pages, the, the link is in my bio at TikTok, or you're going to find the links at oldhippymedia.com. But just go to my TikTok accounts where most of you guys have found me from anyway. Go to the link in my bio, and you're going to be able to find me on Instagram, YouTube, Twitter. Go follow me on those. Go follow me on Facebook, too. I'm in a Facebook uh, jail right now uh, for four more days, and then I get to post again. I think I think it's late Saturday I get to post again. And I do a lot of posting on Facebook, more personal posting, some funny shit uh, here and there. Uh, but go follow those accounts because I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to do a lot more content on a lot more other media apps. And I'm going to try and develop the other media platforms, the other social media platforms, uh, every bit as much as TikTok has been developed to create an overall social media presence while continuing to push out these podcasts. And hopefully uh, then, as we discussed just a moment ago, begin to sprinkle in guest appearances on those podcasts. I'm also thinking about having guests, a uh, different set of guests, uh, on my my paid subscription, Patreon. Because on those guests, uh, guest appearances, what we can do is we can talk about things that we don't uh, talk about on any of the other social media platforms, and we can burn one together on there. I, I think I might be able to burn one uh, with somebody uh, over, the, over the Zoom meeting and upload that to YouTube. Uh, but we could definitely do that on Patreon. I know that for sure. So the Patreon guest list is going to be most likely different from the guest list here throughout the course of the year. And then I am going to make a promise to you right here and now to end this podcast. I've been talking about it for a couple of years now. But I am telling you right now, the first week of January 2023, that by the end of this year, I will have for you my third book. I am making you that promise. I am going to get back to writing in 2023. I've got about 20,000 words written on that third book. I promise you I'm going to carve out the adequate amount of time to make that a reality. And I am going to bring you my third book in 2023. You hold me to that. All right? You, you make sure and hold my feet to the fire on that. Okay, guys, that's all I got for you this week. I promise you I will have a more properly formatted podcast next week with notes and everything. And we'll talk about who the eventual Speaker of the House wound up being, because hopefully by next Friday we'll actually know that. So, tune in next week for another episode. And until then, as always, stay grateful.